Well, welcome to the Journey Together podcast with Joshua and Anna Gresham. Hey, you guys. We're thrilled that you are joining us. Yes. Wherever you're at in life. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we're excited just about what God's doing in this podcast. This has been fun. I know. We really want to yeah. share our, our personal uh, approach to the ways that we enjoy life together. One compliment that I take it as a compliment that people share with us when they encourage us as pastors or as people, they're like, we really like how transparent and real you guys are. <laughs> and, you know, it's not always easy being transparent or real. Right. Uh, because you're being real. I think it, I, I mean, I guess I know people who aren't real. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, You'd rather be real. I guess I know more real people than I do fake fake people <laughs> but but so there's for you know whatever anyway the compliment is amazing and I, we appreciate that because that's what we strive to and maybe maybe that's <clears throat> excuse me that's maybe that's what we attract maybe we attract do you need a drink of coffee real quick <laughs> I just I get a keep sip. going just okay keep going. i have a real story to share with you guys okay that makes me laugh okay this is why you need a godly friend I'm going to tell you the story, and this is why. Okay. This past week, Joshua and I had a rip-roaring argument <laughs> on... A rip-roaring. Rip-roaring. That's the way I know. We're okay, guys. Don't worry. Nobody's going anywhere. We made it through. <laughs> I didn't know it was that rip-roaring. It was rip-roaring. Okay. And I texted um, my best friend, Sheila. I'm going to add her into this. And I was like, well, finish fasting. Then I just had a rip-roaring argument with Josh. I probably need to fast for another 21 days. <laughs> and then she, she responds back to me, even Moses, when he came off the mountain, dealt with some craziness. <laughs> and I love that I've got a godly friend that will attribute our argument to Moses coming off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but I feel like I'm the Israelites and you're Moses in no, this no, argument. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> You get to be the holy one. <laughs> I'm the one downstairs building no. golden calves. You know, you guys, we go through things in life and uh, we're human, right? Correct. This is, yes. this is real life. I, after that, I was like, God, help me. Forgive me. I repented. We apologized. This was equal. Right. That's what we do. That's what we do. All right. Because we want to enjoy our marriage and enjoy life together. And right. we even had one point in this argument. Uh, I don't know how you all are, but whenever you argue, does someone shut down or someone want to shut something down forever in your life because you just don't want to deal with it? And I possibly yelled at you and I was like, we're not going to shut down or quit on this. <laughs> we're going to enjoy our marriage. Yeah. Do you remember that part <laughs> of the argument? <laughs> that was, yes. I remember all the intensity. I did not tell you that I was going to start off this podcast this way. Are you okay? Well, yeah. Is I don't this going to make another argument after the oh podcast? Oh my lord! <laughs> Seriously, am I that person? No. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh guys. my goodness. But we've—you've got to make a choice to enjoy life, right? And to choose life each day, right? Which is what we're going to talk about today. Correct, and that's what we've listed here: is that. Living life together, you're talking, you're listening, you're caring for one another, you're being heard. So as an active listener, you're hearing the individual's feelings, their emotions, you're willing to talk it out. It's not a one-sided conversation. It's not get my point across, so therefore I win. This is a zero, uh, this is not a zero-sum game. 
you are no longer two but one, so you both have to win in this. Do you feel that for all the married folks that are listening, they should ask their spouse if they're a good listener? Oh, gosh, no. Don't. No. That just starts an argument. Josh, am I a good listener? Uh, yeah, you're an excellent oh, listener. Oh, thanks. Yeah. See, like no argument. <laughs> okay. How about you start first by asking God? Go to God and examine your heart. Pay attention to your conversations. I've had to work on being a good listener. Am I a good listener? You are a good listener, but I do but, feel... But, but I do feel... See, I told you, this is the argument... Because <laughs> she could say that, because obviously I responded in the positive way. You know, I think you're a great listener. It's like, see, there's no argument. And then it's like, do you think I'm a good listener? See, this is where the argument starts. I know. So you can't be like, Bleh. you can ask your spouse. No, you can't. That's an argument. Get ready. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because <laughs> one's a listener and one's not. Or there's always something that I'm you're going to bring up. Tell everybody I'm a great you listener. You are a great listener. I love you. You I are a great listener. I know you, you are a great listener. See? This is where arguments start. <laughs> you are a great listener. I know. I hope people are watching this because your faces are fantastic today. You know why I'm a good listener? Why? Because. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm a you listener. You know, because you give me the best Christmas presents ever. You're always listening to what I want, and then I get it at Christmas. See? Even when I don't realize it. I want to tend to your needs. You, you do. Say, you are great at tending to my hey, needs. Because I listen. It is right. super kind. All right. Okay. You still, haven't discussed, you still haven't said that I'm a good listener. You though. are a really good listener. You are a good listener. But what was the butt part earlier? Sometimes you have so much going on on your plate oh, or sure. in your mind. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. That... <laughs> That it can be challenging because Listen, you I, you have you have a lot of fish in your bowl constantly in your fish tank of life. And I have to really pinpoint you to say, hey, I'm telling you this. I need you to pay attention. I find in my conversations with other men this to be true for men. Now, I don't want a blanket brush statement that the, all the men feel this way or are this way. But men typically... Just like women, they're carrying thoughts. But I think men somehow, we get really deep into our thoughts to a degree where if you start talking, I'm not listening. Even if I'm watching television, I need a firm, hey, press pause. You can't talk to me when I'm doing something. So that's a life. So you're essentially saying that's a life lesson for women right now. If you feel like your husband's not listening, make a better plan for you to listen to one another. Yeah, don't go stand in front of the television or don't go out into wherever the, garage, the workshop right. and say, hey, I, w I just want to let you know that we have to pick up our children and blah, 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 blah. And then you walk back in the house and you're like, hold on, time out. I was not, I was doing this. Hold on, what? And then there's a frustration because you're like, hold on, I, I've got to process all this. Press, stop, say it again. Press, press the slow button. I also yeah. feel that... I had to ask you, this was a few years ago, I felt like I was doing a good job asking you how your day was each day, but then I asked you, I said, hey, I need you to also ask me how my day is. <laughs> I remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because I felt like I was the one always asking you how you were doing, are you doing okay, how was your day, how was your life, and you would tell me, then I'd be like... <laughs> you never asked me. So I was like, I need you to ask me how my day is too. And also, this we're still talking about ways we enjoy life together, how we've had to work through it. I think we're still on our point one of living life together, talking, listening, 
But there's a point in this that we wrote down that you actually care about the people that you're living life with. There is a point of you truly care. You're not just dismissing what they're doing and not celebrating their wins, not commiserating or having compassion with their losses. Whatever that looks like, you got to actually care what's going on. Yes. And, and, And this isn't just ways we enjoy our life together. If you're a single parent, this is with your child or your children. If you're single and you've got friends that you realize, or you need to grow as a friend, whatever, this can be used in multiple arenas of our life. Yes. Begin to pray that these, yeah. these um, particulars are obviously, you know, in your future spouse. I mean, my gosh, we obviously are working on all of these together. We're not. No, we're not we, yeah, we've been married for 20 years this June and we want to grow. I mean, yeah, I think not to justify that season or that time when you were asking me how I was doing. But that was a busy season for me. So I was selfish in the sense of I'm just exhausted and I can only think about me. And that was wrong. And so that was where at, at acknowledging it, and you didn't do it in a mean way. It wasn't like, you don't care about me. You ask. It wasn't like that. So it was more of a kind position to say, hey, I, I like, I'd really appreciate it if you asked about how I'm doing how my day was. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. My brain is just, again, mile a minute in that particular season, which was, it was crazy. Do you feel enjoying life together? We really need to state our needs to one another. I need this. You've told me men aren't mind readers. I need you to let me know what you need. This isn't like some 20-point list and a PowerPoint presentation. This is stating something that you know in your heart you really do need. Yeah. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Next, you got to trust one another. And in order to enjoy life together, you have to trust one another. Yeah. 100%. It's got to be such a trust that you can just grab your phones, look at each other's phones. It really leads oh. into the next moment of work through the hard stuff and no underlying secrets or yes. offenses. Talk so about that. Talk about it. It's you really need to make sure that like everything's just vulnerable and open and here's my phone and here's my social media passwords and the bank accounts and we're big on one bank account um unless for some reason you're like a multimillionaire and you have to have Swiss bank accounts and different things and some wow. type of an island bank account. But for those that are on the other level of it of just one bank account um and you know this is why the trust is so important because it's not my money and her money, it's our money. And we have a budget that we work together on. We don't share bills, it's we pay the bills and we live life together. So there's nothing secret, there's nothing going on. If I buy something, you know about it. If you buy something, I know about it. And we have an equal opportunity when it comes to that. Yeah. Joshua doesn't get all of these wonderful, fun, you know, uh, activities and hobbies to do and then I don't you know that's not that's not enjoying life together there this is where it's there the word is together here for a reason there's a unity in this there's a one accord you're no longer two but one but then also whenever you look at trusting one another do you have friends that you're hanging out with that you don't trust because you're not going to enjoy that's not enjoyable I mean we need to pray for you to get new friends are you 
is there a hidden agenda that you're hiding with your spouse and they can't trust you? Are there things that you've got to work to build back trust because trust was broken in some form? It is worth putting in the effort to build trust, to open your heart, to recognize if trust has been broken, it needs to be built so that you can actually enjoy life and there, there's nothing secret or hidden in this. Right. Yeah. I think you, you touched it there for a second. The importance of surrounding yourself with friends who aren't shady because you, the influence of people upon your lives isn't a great, great measure of, of a level of, it's just there. It's, it's all around you, that influence. So even though you don't think that those friends are influencing you, but they are. Even in their shady life, if if they're doing secret things behind their spouse, if they talk negative behind their spouse's back, you you may say, "Well, I don't do those things." But eventually, I believe that that just just comes on you. It's and heavy. You, you kind of do it. So you have to be really careful who you hang out with. I don't. She, you, and I don't have shady friends. No, and we've also talked in trusting. I want to be able to trust people with my emotions. Yeah. I want to be able to trust you with my emotions, right. which I do. Uh, I want my children to trust me with their emotions. I want to be a trustworthy friend and a trustworthy mom and a trustworthy spouse. If you are with people that don't celebrate you, you're probably not enjoying life. Um, you, we should all be celebrated. The number one person in my life that celebrates, this is for both of us, who is our number one person that celebrates all of us the most? Your mom. My mom. She celebrates, you want to be her friend. She celebrates everybody. Yeah. Uh, she, she's, that's just who she is. Right. And it's a wonderful testimony. I trust her with emotions and, and right. where I'm at in life because she believes the best and, and wants the best. Right. Yeah. yeah, so in order to live life together... We're saying that it's important that you make sure there's nothing on the outside affecting what should be going on on the inside. Yeah. So you have too many people on the outside that are just pulling at you, and and they're emotionally draining. They 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 are, and I'm not. I, I hate to talk about it in a way that uh, get rid of your friends. Like that's not what we're saying. But if you're following Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. The Word of God has the answers. So when your friends are going through these shady business moments, the Word of God tells you how to handle those things. You need to direct them to the Word of God. God will change their hearts. It's not You're not the responsible party for this. And so I'm not telling you to cast your friends to the wayside, but I'm telling you to do business, handle what's going on over here, point them to Jesus, and then now continue to sow in, cultivate, yeah. and all that good stuff. I do have scripture and these scriptures made me laugh. They're not funny, but it's a great evaluation. It just made me laugh because yeah. let me read them and you're going to get it. And I've got them in the amplified Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a true and faithful wife finds a good thing and obtains favor and approval from the Lord. You know, it made me laugh because I, I just was thinking he who finds a true and faithful wife, this is approval and favor. Like, Ladies, you're a good thing to your spouse, wow. right? This wow. is, but you you got to own it yeah. of enjoying life. Own being faithful and true to your spouse. Yeah. Celebrate and enjoy, right? Work through the hard stuff. That was our third thing of no underlying secrets or offenses. And then this scripture kind of goes with working through the hard stuff. Proverbs 21, 9. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop 
on a flat oriental roof exposed to all kinds of weather, then in a house shared with a nagging, quarrelsome, and fault-finding woman. True. That, that really made me laugh. Yes. I know. So it's better to be out on a roof in the middle of elements than to live inside of a house with a woman who is nagging, quarrelsome, and fault-finding. When I say work through the hard stuff, we're going to talk about what's distracting you from enjoying life in a minute. Are you nagging? Does your husband come home from work each day and you immediately nag him? That's something that we all need to evaluate because you're, he's not going to enjoy life doing that. Uh, we can flip this for men as well. It goes both ways, but I'm the woman here, so I'm going to call that out. Are you quarrelsome? Is everything an argument? Are you nitpicky and fault-finding where nothing's ever good enough? Because these are heart checks that we have to recognize. This is going to cause your spouse or even your friends, if this is who you are as a friend, that they're going to want to be on the out. They want to get far away from you. That's essentially what the scripture says. Or you can be a faithful and true, a good wife that helps your husband obtain, obtain favor and approval where you are in this together. Yeah. It goes both ways. It goes both it's ways. A, this is not just the wife's responsibility. This is the husband's responsibility. So keep that in perspective. Um, this isn't one-sided. Would you agree that um, if you feel as if your spouse isn't bringing um, appreciation towards you or they are focused on other things on a greater measure, it, is it, do you believe it's your, re, so if I feel that way that you're not showing me appreciation, would you believe, do you think that I should A, show you why by continuing to serve you, continuing to love on you, to, so then you acknowledge that, that you would be like, oh my gosh, you, you just have those epiphany. No matter what, you just, you pursue that. I'm going to continue to serve you no matter what. Or come in here and just be like, hey, you aren't appreciating me and you don't care and you don't this and then basically start in that way. So how would how do you feel about all that? I'm going to choose first A because you are you are loving your spouse unto the Lord, mm -hmm. right? In the word of God it talks about the person who's married to a spouse who's an unbeliever. And the Bible then tells us, you know, if that person's faithful to you, you need to show them how to live for Jesus. Mm -hmm that you continue to show the love of Christ and to serve. So, yeah, of course, I we do this unto the Lord. But do you also have an opportunity to share your heart? But it can't be from a snap your finger and let me get in your face. You and I both know that does not work with either one of us. Yeah. There's got to be a moment where you have prayed and asked God to open your spouse, their heart, their ears, their eyes, that you can have a mending of hearts conversation or an awakening of hearts conversation to say, Hey, I, I want, I just need greater appreciation. Yeah. If that spouse can't give it, um, that's tough. Yeah. Have you seen the videos on YouTube where the women will walk in front of the television in the video game and they'll turn off the game and then they'll just stand there and look at them and then they'll say, you need to appreciate me more than you, and then because you're giving all this time into your video games. Okay, do all right. All right. If oh, that so here's husband, the scenario. Okay, if he's right. been playing video games for ten hours, right? I don't know. Now Should you've you got still, me off. Oh, right. 
I believe that obviously. What do you think? Well, men should stop playing video games. There's an age of stopping. Dun, 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 dun. I know a lot of men that are of my age and older that do play video games, and it's their escape. And I believe that that's it's okay because uh, we grew up with. I'm the video game generation in the '80s. You don't think it's okay? You no, 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 no. I think it's okay. Listen, I really, I think that it's okay to play video games. Um, I don't play video games because I also see the addictive behavior that comes with it where you just get engulfed in it and then you're playing for not one hour, two, three. We all can agree, you know it's addictive. Don't even sit here and say it's not because you will forget to eat when you're playing. Or blink. Or blink, yes. So there's something about it. that, And it's nice. It's fun. There is an excitement to it, but there needs to be a timer off to the side. So, all right, I got my hour in. I'm going to move on to the next thing. You're choosing video games over intimacy with your wife, and then you come rolling in bed at 1230 or 1 in the morning. Not you. Don't say me. I'm not. Oh, not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you. Men are. Men. And then you want to have sex with your spouse at 1 in the morning after you've played video games for five hours. Which is wrong. You're not living life together nor are you sewing into this. You got to work through the hard stuff. Yeah, but back to the original thing, though. I don't know if if the right approach is to come in front, um, unless you've had multiple conversations that have been reasoned right, you've reached with your limit. nice compassion. But if you've reached your limit, but I think it is more of a response to say, "Hey, let me. Why don't you and I come over here and we do this?" To show them this would be more enjoyable, this is more exciting, versus are you just sitting off to the side too, doing nothing, you know, or whatever. It's like bringing them involved. But it's not a one-sided responsibility. So it wouldn't be the wife's responsibility to say, hey, let's plan something fun so that you're not playing video games. It needs to be both. But I think there needs to be a season where it's not just come in, press the button off, and say, hey, get off this thing. We've not seen that that works. No, it doesn't work. (laughs) We've... We've not. But no. it's more, there needs to be a balance of compassion and balance of, of how you could approach the situation. But anyway. That goes into our next uh, ways we enjoy life together, and that's to choose one another. Yep. After choosing Christ first, we choose Christ first. Yep. Uh, I was actually telling Cohen this this past week. He's our second son. I said one thing that... I love about your dad is that he loves Jesus. And I knew that from the moment that I met him. I said it was we weren't perfect. Even, you know, we were friends, we were silly, but he loved he loved the Lord and he chose Jesus first. And how valuable that is for me that you continually choose Jesus first uh over me because then you're going to hear hear the truth. Right. And that's number 1, guys. If your eyes have gotten off Jesus, and you've chosen other things first or have idols in your life or whatever this may look like, or if you're hanging out with people on a regular basis that are not choosing Jesus first, then you are going to find uh, that there are open avenues for the enemy to get you off track and or for your flesh that you're just, you're not listening to God. We got to choose Christ first and then we choose one another. You're my number one. Yeah. We have to be together. Wait, you're my number two after my number one. I don't know. Whatever. However, that that, that all sounds crazy. I understand. Crazy. If you and I were standing on a chair, we couldn't really pull each other down very easily. And that's the example that is best given here in this situation. If you're down on the ground and I'm up standing up in the chair, you could pull me down easily. It's harder for me to pull you up. That's why it's important that both of you, both of you are choosing life together 
on the same playing field. So even your relationship with Christ, your love, your excitement to to do things for one another, all of that needs to be on the same playing field. If one is above the other, then it's really sad, and that's why you have to do life together and or, not separate. Separate. What if you choose your kids first above your spouse? Yeah, again, that's where empty nesters have a problem. Uh, when when the children finally leave the house, they look at each other and they say, we don't know each other, and that's why the divorce rate is higher because they don't know. What are ways that we choose Christ first in our family, in our home? Uh, let's talk about that. Let's give a couple of ways for people. I think um, a consistent prayer life with our children, with them seeing it, life led through that, a consistent uh, attendance into church, the importance of that. Uh, we talk to our children quite often about decisions they're making with homework or whatever it may be. With Serving life. in church, all of our kids yeah. serve in Serve church. in church, yep. but they also, um, we talk about the need for them to have their own prayer life, that they need to be talking to God about this. We're always sharing scriptures. Uh, we're pointing to the importance of morals and, and values in their life and how that, should, even though they see those other friends around them, they're not the, they're not the example. Right. You're the, the example. example. So anyway. And we live life out loud for Christ with them. We apologize. We repent. We talk about things. We're very open. Now, what are ways that we choose one another first before our kids? Some people have a hard time with that. Um, we go on, when we go, we go on our weekend trips uh, we do vacations, or not vacations, sorry. It, we'll do hiking trips. I wouldn't call it a vacation. Vacation's more for the, the title for family. But we do our we couple's retreats. We plan things together. Right. Yes. It might be a four a week. Um, that we're willing to leave our kids behind. Yeah. With a safe individual, typically a grandparent. I know it's challenging for you uh, if you don't have someone yeah, that you can tough. trust. That's hard. But you can still... Pray. Put your kids to bed and come together and have a date night on the couch. Yeah. Tell your kids, this is mommy, daddy time, yeah. all right? Go to bed. Leave us alone. We love you. We'll see you in the morning. I mean, this is where you've got to make clear-cut decisions that you are loving one another. We also, this is us, throw stones at us all you want. Nobody's sleeping in our bed but us. So am I going to get in trouble for this? Are we getting no, emails? No, no okay. they need to. Uh, because that is our bed and our place. And we work. You say, why? Well, we've tried. Keep trying and do it. There is a plan. The Lord no, will help you. Someone's giving in. Yeah. Someone's giving in to the wine and they can't handle the wine. And that, that whiny, oh, the crying. I just can't do it. It breaks my heart. You know, and I get it. But you have to be... You have to be the disciplinary in this. They have to have their own bed. They have to grow up. I also know another way we choose each other first. Uh, we celebrate each other in front of our kids. Sure. And um, we let them know, you know, hey, how much we love each other. Yeah, we like, do romantic things in front of them. We'll get up, we'll dance in front of them. We kiss in front of them. We hug in front of them. We fight in front of them. We forgive <laughs> in front of them. We do everything in front of them. I wanted to say that it's essentially... But what we're doing through our weekends, retreat, little date things, and a week-long trip alone, we're practicing what life's going to be like without them. Some people don't do any of those things. And then when there's no more them, then there's this, this void of, now what do we do? 
So yeah. we're practicing what's about to come in the next few years for you and I, that we're going to do life together. And I get excited about that because of what we've experienced on the small scale. I get excited to think about what we're going to do on the bigger scale of, oh my gosh, we're going to go on multiple trips away and we're going to do all sorts of fun things together. And yeah. And when you go do these things and you choose, you're choosing each other, remember Christ is first. So you don't want to go on a trip and be hateful. All right. Like check your attitude. You don't want to go on a date and be on your stupid phone the whole time and ignore your spouse. That aggravates the crud out of me Mm -hmm. when I see people on dates and they don't talk. I will watch people and see if they don't talk to each other and then I'll pray for them. I might watch them first and then pray, but it, I don't want to be like that. Right. All right. Next, uh, make plans, dream together, look forward to life. And that's what we've been touching on this whole time is I think we we do a we do a good job at making those plans because again we've experienced fun moments together that we want to have more of it. So it's been fun to talk about what well, do you want to do this and how are we going to achieve that? And there's always a money talk. There's a budget moment in this uh, but our money typically we we don't mind sleeping in a tent if we have to. We don't mind roughing it a little bit. So I know for some that's not the case. So that's where you just have to budget for a different right put your money aside and plan ahead right that is money invested into your marriage that yep. you will reap a great reward with that and we have things that we want to look forward to that that we're writing down and dreaming big you're like well how am i going to do this if you have put christ first then you can go to him and ask for his help yeah and he will show you things to do to make life more enjoyable uh in genesis chapter 2 verse 24 in the amplified it says therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall become united and cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh we're the lord put marriage together for you to enjoy it yeah he doesn't want you to be united together and one half is happy and one half hates life it's that you are enjoying him, enjoying life, enjoying serving in the church together, enjoying raising your kids together, but you're going to have to be united. Yeah. Dream big, dream for your family, and recognize that you're in this together. Yeah, I, let me say something. The, because you said that, you know, you're reading the scripture, you know that God put man and woman together. Knowing this, the enemy doesn't want that to happen. So the enemy's going to try to infiltrate any way that he can by putting snares and traps and little things. And that's why you have to be ready because we're not fighting a battle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual warfare. There are things that will slowly just nip at you. And that's what we were saying earlier about friends who are bad influences. Are you watching things you shouldn't watch? It goes back to our last podcast, which is what are the voices you're listening to? Who are you listening to? What are the voices? Because those things are coming in. Because as a as my wife, I know you well enough that I go, hold on, time out. Something's off. Why are you acting like this? What are you what are you stressed about? What do you need to talk about? Hold on, time out. What are you been hanging out? Who have you been hanging out with recently that now you've got a an attitude? I mean we see it with our friends. They've got friends they hang out with and they talk the friends talk silly and they have a certain way they talk, and third person. So then one day, my son Cohen was like, I, Cohen, would like to have dinner. And i like, I, Dad, don't want everyone to hear you, Cohen, say those words ever again. <laughs> so it was, that's where the influences that are around you, you need to pay attention to that and realize something's trying to pull us apart. Be quick, because you can't live life 
uh, alone. God said it's not good for man to be alone. So it is important that you are together in this. So, yeah. Do you remember in the beginning of our marriage when I was watching Law and Order SVU and you would come home and I thought you were going to like throw me off a cliff every time? Listen, I am impressionable with the things I watch. We so all are. I I had to, this, and that, you all might think I'm ridiculous, but I was, I seriously, it was too much for me. So with, I'm glad that was a good segue into us kind of wrapping this up because I want to ask you, um, I want to ask you, what's distracting you from enjoying life? What are those distractions that are hindrances that you've allowed in or you need to shut the door to, or maybe you just need to wake up to. And these are some of the things we've written down. Are you looking to others rather than watering your own home? Right. Are you trying to find joy from a source? The fulfillment from outside. Yes. Or even items, things that are, that are not true joy, um, things that are not lasting. Are you dealing with a fault-finding critical spirit? Ooh, that happens a lot. A lot, unfortunately. When we're when we meet with couples, that seems to be one is finding more fault than the other. And it's like they can never that individual that's getting blamed for things, it's it's a drowning pool. They they can't get out. It doesn't matter as much as they yeah. think that they are doing certain something that's never enough. The Lord has freedom for that yep. for you today. Um, do you need a new or renewed vision? for how to enjoy life. Do you have a hard heart or a hardness of life because of past trauma, past hurt that, you know, I'm here to tell you God's in the transplant business, the heart transplant business. He wants to soften your heart, give you a new heart. Those calloused areas, he will help you. You just got to call on his name. Have you carried on attitudes from your childhood? Like your parents yelled, so you yell. Right. Oh, sure. Things like that that you realize. Oh my gosh, I don't want to be like this. Yeah. Are you working in unforgiveness right now? And you need to forgive, and that's why everybody's unhappy at your house. Are you selfish and unwilling to bend? Do you want to die? No. Okay. Uh, Are you (laughs) battling fear or anxiety or worry? I thought of that because I thought of so many things when I was dealing with anxiety attacks that it would just suck the joy right out of uh, things with my children, with our children in life. And I had to go to the Lord and really combat that with the word of God and ask for his help. You're not alone in these things. And it's not, this isn't your forever, but it is recognizing going to the Lord, saying, Lord, I need your help. I want to enjoy being a mom. I want to enjoy my husband. I want to enjoy being a great friend. Uh, And I'm going to finish with this set of scripture and then we'll wrap it up. Does that sound good? Do it. Philippians chapter two, verse one through four in the NLT. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Yeah. It's a great way to enjoy life as having an attitude of Christ Jesus. It's a good starting point and foundation for what this looks like. And I really hope today uh, that this sparks some conversation in your heart um, or even with your spouse, whatever that may look like or where you're at in life, and that the Lord just 
paints a new picture for this next season that you realize, I just want to enjoy what God has blessed me with because he has blessed you. You are blessed. Right. Just always keep in mind to serve one another. If you have the heart of a servant towards one another, your marriage is going to succeed. Yeah. Hey, I love you. I appreciate you. I love you. You You guys are awesome. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Send this to someone you know that needs to hear a good word of encouragement uh, because this is why we do what we do. And so just keep this up. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.